Welcome to this Progress with Unity special. On the day Liam Richardson has been sacked, we woke up this morning to the news, broke by Mike Keegan from the Daily Mail, where he gets his info from, I don't know. To be honest with you, I was stunned. Absolutely shocked. I think the only one it can compare with in Latics terms, I guess, in terms of being shocked, was that horrible 1st of July when we went into administration. You know, a huge shock. Didn't expect it at all. Yeah, same sort of feeling as that one. Gut-wrenching this morning. Yeah, the same, but at the same time, angry. I think when the administration came, it was a bit too much. This was more anger-inducing, whereas that was like, put me into a kind of, into sort of like a stupor state of like disbelief. Whereas this, it's not disbelief. It's just, I'm just denied. I think I'm the same. I didn't, really did not expect it already. I thought, obviously, he's had a, um, a bad bad hand dealt with him recently with injuries and a bit of fixture congestion, and you're naturally going to struggle, and we haven't got the players to really get us through. But I really thought they were going to give him the World Cup break to bring everybody back together, go into January, see if we can strengthen a bit, and then see where we're at. I didn't really expect it just three weeks after a new contract to to get rid of him already. The start of this season was incredible, weren't it? What did we get? 13 points from the first nine games or first eight games? Best away record in the league as well. Considering what squad we had, I and mean, basically we had this, it was the same squad from last year, with just a couple of additions. And when you consider in that squad, there's nine players over thirty playing two and three times a week. It's bound to it. Would you say that it possibly goes back to summer recruitment, the situation we find ourselves in now? I mean, you've got to look at how many times this season. Have we played players that he signed last season, and particularly the players that he signed in the first half of last season? Now, that side, I think Paul mentioned yesterday, was good enough to win League One. And you'd argue deserved that chance in the Championship. And they started really well. But I think a couple of them were shored up. Shored up and, I, and I think Liam tried to sort of hide that by changing the formation. And I think... We did lose a couple of our better players, stronger suits like McLean, for example, because he's had to fit in to cover for the fact that I don't think he was confident in playing two at the back. But in terms of recruitment, I think we were just replacing like with like, really kind of benchy sort of players like Scully for Humphreys. Shinny, I know he came in last season, but like Shinny Fairless, the guy who's injured at the moment, I've forgotten his name. Yeah, you know, Massey was playing on that side. It was very light with light, really. I think he thought you know, the main the mainstream of the team was going to be good enough. Charlie White was coming back as well, which was obviously good good news for us. Essentially, it's those same players, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. You, you know, we're, we're a bottom of the bottom of the table championship team who, for the first eight nine games of the season, were batting well above their average. So. And that wasn't that long ago, was it? When some people were saying we're going to win the league. I was mentioning the players coming in though during the uh, close season. There were two permanents, Niambi and Scully, with three loan signings: Broadhead, Fletcher, and uh, Edmonds Green. Not a lot of tra- championship experience between them, really, to come into that squad. But there was also there was rumours that Liam was targeting Cedric Kipre. He was targeting Callum Robinson both of which went to, to to Cardiff City. Do you think he was backed in the transfer window? Do you think he got the targets that he wanted? Or do you think he's been let down a little bit? Did he get the targets he wanted? Probably not. Has he been let down? Absolutely. You look what he's done for the club. First bad run of form. And they've got short. For me, it's ridiculous. 
ridiculous decision. It's short-termism, and yeah, I'm not happy at all. You can see where the results have dipped. It's, it's when the fatigue's taken over. I mean, Adam's mentioned about how knackered James McLean's looking at the moment, previously on previous podcasts, but we've got nobody to bring in of a good enough quality to, to play in that position. I think there has been some strange decisions made with the team selection. I mean, I've been calling for rotation for weeks and weeks and weeks, not massively, but just enough to not make us get into that fatigue sort of state. Like Max Power, I think, has played every minute so far this season. James McLean started every game. Will Keane started every game. We're talking about a squad that's trying to compete in the championship, not League One. So you kind of got to give them a bit of rest, maybe like a game here and there, but you can't keep consistently playing them. But then we sent like the likes of Jamie McGrath out on loan. We sent Stephen Humphreys out on loan and they're doing very well up in the Scottish Premier League at the moment. Humphreys is playing in Europe, in the Europa Conference League and scoring. I don't know. I think I would have personally preferred him just to get to January and just see where we're at with what he had to play with. We've had the summer transfer window. It didn't quite work, so we could have built again in the January transfer window and tried. And I know it's a little harder to get players that you really want in the January transfer window compared to the summer. But I do think that maybe we could have looked at recalling on loans if if that was in the clause or even some free agents that could come in. I think there was options, but yeah, I don't think that we really got who we wanted. I just think then team selection, lack of rotation, it's just not worked. Charlie's made some great points there because um, it's the intensity of it. You know, you can't have that period in the game, really, where you can take your foot off the gas a little bit like we we may be able to do. I mean, some of our wins last season at home almost seemed too easy where we could course through the games and just get that, you know, nick a couple of goals and then tokenistically just make a few subs. But the intensity is so much higher. The quality is so much higher. We talked about it last night. You know, you can't really say that any of our defenders were really that bad last uh, on Tuesday night, but they were so tired, you know, because the, the you know those three centre backs have played a lot of games now in 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 succession, haven't they? Or certainly, um, what more in Tilty have? The thing is, though, I think I think the question we ask about that transfer market is, first of all. Was there any promise of any money, really, at the start of this project? I mean, my understanding was sustainability, one in, one out, that type of policy. The only thing that I would say is that we must have made a bit of a profit last year in the transfer market with the Dan Byrne business. And we only, we, did, we didn't sign, we signed Humphreys and Shinny, didn't we, for cash, and maybe a couple of others, but certainly not like the damned burn money. So could he not have been given maybe, even if it was just two or three million, just to strengthen a couple of positions where we were weaker? I think he has been let down in that respect. But anyone who was thinking we were going to spend like we did under Paul Cook, when he spent about 12, 13 million in the transfer market, I think was in quite cocky land because that will not lead to sustainability and the owners would have to put too much money in each month. So I think I, I do I do kind of have some sympathy for the owners, but you then you can't have it both ways because you can't expect Liam Richardson to manage with that sort of equipment that he's got, essentially, which his equipment has not been upgraded. You know, you could argue that 
is still using the DVDs rather than the Blu-rays, and, and the Blu-rays are miles behind. I don't know what's even after that one. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's a great point, though. He's, he's, he's operating with his hands tied behind his back, in, in a sense, because we know, because we've done this before, haven't we? We've been, we've been promoted out of, the, out of the League One into the Championship, and we know that step is massive. And if, if they're not bringing players in of a better quality to help, I mean, you don't need... You don't need to bring eight or nine in, but you can bring four or five just to just to bolster that squad. So, like Charlie says, you can do your rotations, and you're not dipping in quality. If he's if he's fearful that we're going to get turned over, like what happened against Middlesbrough, then obviously he's going to play defensively because it's points that keep you up, not four and five nil beatings. They don't keep you up, but points keep you up. And getting a point at QPR, if we if we could have managed that. We got a point at Swansea. Getting a point at all if we could have managed that. Those little battles help you to, to win the war. I've seen. I've read a lot of stuff today from our supporters, and we, I, we run a poll on our podcast as well, asking did they agree with the decision. A, a lot of people that said that yes, he deserves to be sacked was talking about purely football in terms. We've we've lost of our last eight games. We've lost seven. Or we've not won in eight, and, and we've lost we've lost six and, and drawn one. But for me, it goes much deeper with Liam Richardson than that. Personally, I feel we owe him a season, not just a run of games. We owe him a season. When our club was falling apart, he stayed and kept it together. I'll just take you back to the 12th of November. Something about the club statement today, what it said. It said that he's been in charge for 18 months. He hasn't. He's been in charge for two years. So they got that wrong straight away. He took over on the 12th of November 2020. And his first game was at home against Oxford United. If you remember, John Sheridan walked out and went to Swindon Town. Left The best thing that could have happened to Wigan Athletic. We lost that game through one. But if you look at the, the, the team that night, I'll just run through these players. Jamie Jones, Dan James, Orbe, Tilt, Pierce, Massey, Chris Murray, Palmer, Gardner and Garner. Now, that was Garner's last game for us because he, he basically went on strike, didn't he, to force a move to India. The bench, brilliant reading. Evans, Jolly, Perry, Beningame, Asgard, Robinson and Crankshaw. That's what he was dealing with. That, But he managed he managed to keep us up that season. A fantastic achievement, weren't it, that season, what he did? What, what I would say on that is, I, I, I think sentimentality, I think, I think we've got to be realistic and pragmatic as well. My view would have been, give him a few more games. If we'd have lost another six games, seven games, I, I think you can look back and you can say, you've been one of our best ever managers. But there is a time, I think, where results will get you the sack. I just don't think that, you know, Coventry wasn't fantastic, but it wasn't terrible. You know, we've, we've been unlucky in a couple of games like Watford and QPR. So, the, you know, the form in that, that, that run... As hasn't been like Warren Joyce form where you couldn't ever see a point, the, the, the Malcolm Mackay era. So, yeah, so I think he's unlucky to go at this period of time because, he, you know, we're not that far adrift and surely he deserved a chance. We're absolutely where you would expect us to be based on the amount of investment we had over the summer. If the results this season had a bit, been a bit more evenly spread out, we wouldn't be sat here having this conversation. It's disgusting the way he's been treated. Last night, you've got Talal tweeting, you know, support the club, this is when we need you the most. And then today, they fired the manager off. 
who, who is a guy who he put together a ragtag team and got performances out of them. He put together a team last season and got performances out of them to win the title. He got performances out of them this season until they've hit knackeredness. You know, you talk about intensity. The game where we played with intensity, the last game we played with real intensity, where we were at the right sort of levels, Blackburn Rovers, second in the league. And we beat him and deserve to beat him. He's been really harshly treated. And it's, you know, it's frankly disgusting that you tweet supporters now, this is when we need you the most, and then fire the manager the day after. Charlie, I mean, I mentioned about sentimentality of it all, and I, I, I really buy into the, the fact that we're a community club and, and it does mean a lot to me, but I'm older. You're coming from the younger end. Am I wrong to think the way I, I think were the business is concerned? Because I, I'm not bothered about the business side of, of the football club. I'm bothered about what it represents of, of us I'm bothered about how people outside of Wigan see us. I don't think you are. I don't think you are wrong at all. I've been a Wigan fan all my life. And I was born in Wigan. I used to go to the games. I've had season tickets. I've been through the Malcolm Mackay era. I've been through the, the Coyle era, the Joyce era. And like you say, Wigan has been community couple of the year a lot of times and very, very consistently is. And it takes that kind of certain manager to hold the family values of the club that it brings which then brings the families in to come and watch. And we might not win every game. We definitely don't win every game. But people still come because of that certain family value that the club does have. And if we now, if the board's going to be ambitious enough to get rid of a man who has carried the club through, everything that happened with Charlie White, having a stand named after him, didn't leave the club when the club was falling apart, to then sack him is quite an ambitious move and hope that we can then bring in a manager who can hold them same them same values and keep that community feel going so no I don't think you're wrong I think from a younger perspective I think that is very important and I think that I do pride supporting a club that has those values so I just hope that the club and the board kind of go in the right direction now well I'm also one of the younger fans as well hang on a minute Adam just let me get my ribs back they split open <laughs> Carry on. I'm just wondering, just to put it out there, because obviously we're a podcast and obviously we de- we debate things. So one of the questions that I have maybe is, would you be saying the same if he, let's say, lost six or seven games after the the World Cup? So essentially, basically, twelve defeats out of thirteen. We would all say, what a great job you've done, Liam. You've been fantastic. Probably the best manager that we've ever had. But we've come for a time now to shake hands and say, maybe it's best if we part. Would 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 you have been of the view if it had gone on a bit longer? No matter what you say, if we drop a division, people's jobs are at stake. You know, not, I don't mean players. I don't mean just players. I mean people in the staffing base because the money, there's a big difference in money generation between the championship and League One. So I know what you're saying about community club, but being in the championship means probably we can hire and keep more of our staff who are struggling with the cost of living at the moment. So surely there's a point in time where sentimentality does have to disappear. Yeah, well, you, you ask the difficult questions, Adam Pendlebury. You really do. Of, of course there is. Of course, I love Paul Cook, but but I was calling for Paul Cook to go because not because I thought he was a bad manager, but because I, he couldn't win. He couldn't win a, win a win a game for us, and 
and, and that was, you know, that had gone on for half a season, uh, but he turned it round. And you was one of the ones advocating that we kept hold of him because he'd get it right. There is there is a point, and what about for me, Liam Richardson deserved more leeway than possibly any other manager that we've had because of what he's been through with us. That's the bit that's got me. Yeah, he gets to 12 and 13 games and we've lost a lot. Then you start thinking, well, you know, for his own own sake, he's going to have to go. But would he have got to that point, though? That's the other thing. I mean, it's hypothetical, isn't it? We don't know. He could have, we could have beat Blackpool, come back after the World Cup and won the next three games. The revitalised squad. Take us through to January, bring in three or four quality players, pushing for players. Yeah, he's not had any leeway. We are where we expected to be, give or take a couple of points. That's all. He's had no leeway whatsoever. Let me just go through his his uh, stats as Wigan Athletic Manager. I mean, it's quite easy, this, because he's been in charge of 100 games, so we can work the percentages out quite quite easily. 100 league games, so we've worked this off, off the league. Uh, 100 games is 143, so that's 43% win rate, which is quite good. 24 draws, 33 defeats. He's picked up 153 points. In League One, he was very successful with 38 wins from 80 games and 19 draws and just 23 defeats. And considering considering he was in charge for three quarters of an administration season, I think that's a fantastic statistic. The, the next thing I, I, I want to talk about is the timing. Two days before we play Blackpool in what is a relegation battle, you don't sack your manager. You don't sack your manager three weeks after you've given him a new deal either. If he was good enough for a three-year contract three weeks ago, what's gone wrong so badly in these three weeks that they're now thinking they're going to get rid of him? And if you look, none of the statements say anything about the performance of the team. They all say, Liam Richardson is wonderful, lovely, thank you for your efforts. With party company, we wish you well. They said, judge us on what we do, not what we say. And like I said earlier, last night they were saying, we all need your support today. They've gone and sacked Liam Richardson. I'm judging them on what they've done, not what they said last night. Yeah. What about the timing? What, what do you make of that? Timing doesn't make any sense to me. Like you say, we've got Blackpool in two days. I really don't understand why you would. And it's, that is a must-win game for me. I think it's a must-win game anyway. And I can't understand sacking him two days before when you're going to be midway through tactics, team selection, everything. And then you're going to hand it off to the assistant manager to then take over. And I know he's in every training ground anyway, every training session, that assistant manager's there. But why would you then shake everything up just two days before when you could have done it over the World Cup break? You could have based on what happened at Blackpool, see where we're at, see where Richardson wants to go, which players are going to come back. And then you could have made a decision then. I'd, I really don't understand it. And like we were talking about how yesterday Talal came out and sort of like claimed solidarity with every, all the fans. And then today, sacks him. We get a three-string tweet from Talal that doesn't really clarify much. And it's kind of a, thank you very much. See you later. Talal's just tweeted. He's tweeted, Liam Richardson is a true professional who's shown by example that excellence is something to aim for daily. I would like to thank him for always supporting our team with, with his consistent positivity and encouragement. He inspires everybody around him to be more, and I know that he will only continue in his career. We truly appreciate his continuous efforts and dedication, and we wouldn't be where we are today without him. I am sincerely wishing him the best in his future endeavours. I wish Liam good health and success in his next chapter. Sounds like a reference, that. You know, when, the, when you're saying we wouldn't be where we are today without him, wherever you end up tomorrow, you want to be without him. That It doesn't chime for me at all. We've run a poll on the Twitter feed. Did the club make the right decision to part company with Liam Richardson? 
No, wrong decision, 62%. Yes, correct decision, 38%. So two-thirds of Latics fans who's voted on that, 400 votes, so it's quite a, quite a healthy amount, disagree with the fact that he's gone. He's gone. Who do we bring in? Because that's the next item to look at. Who do we bring in? There's quite a few names knocking around. Rob Edwards, who uh, was at Forest Green, up-and-coming manager, a bit like Liam Richardson, so we've already got one of those. The other uh, guy who's quite high in the, in the uh, stakes is Neil Critchley. And Neil Critchley reminds me very much of Warren Joyce, a coach, been at a big club, did all right at Blackpool, but talking to the Blackpool lads this week, they weren't that keen on him, to be honest, even though we got him promoted. Neither of those two set my world alight, to be honest. I don't know, but as we spoke about before, it needs to be somebody who the fans can instantly sort of connect with and brings that community side to it. I don't want somebody who's going to come in. Like we saw a bit with, I wasn't a big fan of John Sheridan when he came. I thought he was very distant from what the club kind of stood for. And I just didn't really like that kind of time. I don't know. I'm seeing Sean Maloney bounded about. I'm seeing Paul Cook is back on 10 to 1 odds, but I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not sure. I don't know where we go. And I really hope that wherever we do go, that we look back at this and think, all right, Talal and Phoenix made the right decision, kind of gone in a better direction. But Some of the names that the fans are banding about, Sean Dash, Wilder, I've seen Steve Bruce mentioned a couple of times. He, he worked with Mal Brannigan at Old City, so so they, they know each other. And obviously he's managed us twice previously. But uh, again, it's not they're not people who I'd be enamoured to. And I don't think... I don't think they'd come anyway. So Wilder and Dash are not going to come to Wigan Athletic. No, you'd be really surprised if they did, but we're not going to pay them the wages they want. We're not going to back them in the transfer market like they want. For me, do we give Rob Kelly a go as a continuity man? I don't know. For me, as I said about three weeks ago, the right fella to come in who's dug the club out of the crap a couple of times already would be Liam Bloody Richardson. He's bonkers. The right thing would have been to have backed him and gone with the, the unity that Talal was talking about, have the rest that we talked about, had a bit of a rest, come back after the World Cup, banged a couple of results together. But obviously that's not the way it's going to work. Other names mentioned are Sean Maloney, Duncan Ferguson, as well as Darren Ferguson, Carl Robinson, Michael Appleton, who we play Blackpool on Saturday. I think some of the Blackpool fans would like us to take them off. And the one that really made, made me laugh was uh, Ian Everett. Oh, yeah. I, although, to be fair, Bolton do appear to play half-decent football, don't they, at the moment? Paul, I won't want him anywhere near. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I wouldn't want him, but we're talking styles of play, and I think if you're watching, but I wouldn't want the fella near us. The guy, Bonner at Cambridge, he's been mentioned. You know, he, he's one that... Cambridge were very good against us twice last year. I think probably, apart from Sunderland, maybe Sheffield Wednesday, they were the side that really did have the the better of us last season. You know, he knows how to get results at Newcastle, Champions League side now, <laughs> although they weren't last season. I could see that, but it's a risk because he's not he's not managed outside of League One. He's not managed outside of Cambridge, yeah, Adam. Yeah, he's not managed outside of Cambridge, but his rise is unbelievable from where he started. He was like... The team man gone from the team man to the to the manager, you know, building building himself up. Got to give him credit for that. So you know, resilience, tenacity. I like the football that they played as well. Didn't look too peed off when you know he lost his top scorer to a non-league side. He just got on with it. Maybe someone like him would be realistic and affordable. I mean, I think that's the other word. We're not spending any money. They've got to be affordable, you know. 
Otherwise, why don't we just get Big Sam in? We wouldn't go down with Big Sam, I suspect. But we'd be bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> I think what what is Bono about ten to one, I think, isn't it? About ten to one in the betting, somewhere around that that way. Alongside Paul Cook, he's ten to one as well. Big game on Saturday, Blackpool. We'll we'll see how, how they respond, how the players respond to it. Just a final word from us all, really. I'm very, very disappointed with what's happened. And all I can do is wish Liam all the best in the future. Uh, I hope I hope he, at some point, he's back with us in some capacity. Echo that, Barry. You'll never find a manager give the kind of commitment that he has. I just hope that it's the right decision whoever we go with next. He's been committed to us, unfortunately. He's, that's not been repaid. Well, that's it. Hopefully we're, we're back very soon with uh, talking about our new manager because we need one appointed as soon as possible with the situation we're in at the moment. So, fingers crossed that gets done within within the next seven days. Until the next time, up the ticks. Up the ticks. <laughs>